Facts of Faith on SAFM. Good morning, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith. I'm Nayir Lupondwana. South Africa is facing a very interesting time. A time where we are going to be tested whether our resolve is genuine or superficial. Our resolve to have a woman lead our country. Whether you believe in it or not, this is the hand we've been dealt. But is it really the case that there are people who are against women leading? If our country has certain apprehensions with women leading, how much more with religious South Africa? You'll hear a lot of people alleging that scripture stops women from leading. It is forbidden by scripture for women to lead. But is that the case for real? Honestly speaking, when you investigate an in-depth investigation into scripture, will you discover that scripture is against women leading? We all understand that there are prejudices that abound out there where women are not allowed to lead because of, as many allege, Patriarchy. Is it possible that we as South Africans or many other people in the world are using religion as a scapegoat for what we are doing? Is it possible that perhaps as we continue to advance our agenda, we hide behind religion? The question we're asking is simple. Is religion really against women leading? The lines are open. 0891 This I must say right now. Pay attention to our disclaimer. Because as we continue with our program, we really need to be on the same page. Stand by. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Let me introduce you to our guest for this morning. The lines are open, by the way, 0891-104207. And the question we're asking is religion against women leading? Really? Is religion against women leading? Or is it just us who are against women leading and hiding behind, cowardly hiding behind religion? Joining me now to give us some perspective is Bishop Joshua Vudjen Maponga III. Uh, Good morning to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning, sir. I'm sorry I could not make it to the studio this morning, and hello to all the viewers. Next and, time uh, you will. Thank you very much, Bishop. Bishop Aponga is a cultural activist. He's a pastor. He's a writer. He's a fighter of spiritual colonialism. Also joining us on the line to give us some perspective. In fact, a woman leader in her own right. She's the national chairperson of the ACDP. Her name is Joanne Downs, national chairperson of the African Christian Democratic Party. Good morning to you, madam, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Same here. Ma'am, and also joining me in the studio, and thank you very much for coming to the studio, Mulana Abbas Mkiza. We have spoken before, and uh, he's a Muslim theologian and a very astute debater. Good morning to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Yes, good morning to you and to all your listeners. Let's dive right in. I'd like to start with uh, uh, Joanne Downs, the national chairperson of the ACDP. You're a woman leader currently. Do you believe in your best knowledge? Is religion, as far as the scriptures are concerned, is religion against women leading? 
understanding. I don't think it is at all. If you look at the Bible, for example, um, the writers of the Bible lived in a particular cultural context. But even so, in that cultural context, women just weren't leaders. But even in that cultural context, we had heroes, women heroes like Esther. We had Rahab, who was a prostitute, but who was named in Jesus' genealogy because she threw a scarlet thread to show Joshua where her family were when the war came down. And we had Deborah, who was a judge. And then just looking at Galatians 3.28, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male or female. All are one in Christ Jesus. And you can't get a more professed equality clause than that. All right. Let's begin with the examples that you've given. Esther was a queen, effectively submissive to Xerxes. She was not queen or regent queen. She was queen submissive to the reigning king Xerxes. Xerxes was king, omnipotent and all-powerful, to the point that Esther's life was at the very hands of King Xerxes. Had he not extended his scepter, her life would be no more. And all this heroism were lauding, as far as she's concerned, would never have been. That example effectively does not apply. I disagree entirely. Okay. She put herself right out there. She put her life on the line. Um, She discussed it with her uncle Mordecai. And he said to her, you know, you need to do something to save the Jewish people because it will be you next in any case. And she actually stepped completely out of what was normal for a queen in that situation. And she took leadership. And she said, if I die, I die. Who was she leading? In that situation. Who was she leading? And moved towards saving the Jewish people. Who was she leading, Joanne? Who was she leading? She was leading for her people. Even though she was submitted to the king in terms of the situation at that, she stepped outside of the bounds and led and very cleverly actually turned the whole thing around and saved, saved the people. But if you want, if you don't feel that Esther was a leader, I certainly do. No, Look no. at Deborah. This, 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 Deborah this, was a judge. This she absolutely has nothing to do with my feelings, Joanne. What, what has to do is what we're trying to establish today, the facts of our faith. When we speak of the people that were directly under the command of Esther, it's three people, her maiden, Hatak, and the other eunuch, three that were under her direct command. And even those, two eunuchs and one maiden, that applies in my own household. Can we really say that she was leading if she even had to go through Mordecai? She had to speak to Mordecai for Mordecai to go and speak to the people, to the Jews. Is that really a fair example for this argument? Absolutely. She's part of what she had to have. I think you've got a very narrow definition of a leader. Leaders don't have to be directly responsible or lead uh, in a sense the, the actual people. She led by an example. I totally agree her, with you, John. Of laying her life down. And the Jewish people then, after she saved them with her actions, after she saved the Jewish people, they looked to her as a leader. You're right that I have a very narrow adoption. I've adopted a narrow stance deliberately because right now we're not saying women can lead from the back. When we're speaking of South Africa and women leading, we're saying the woman must be the president. We're not saying a woman must be in the background and lead from behind. We're talking about well, that kind of, of narrow I'm leading. I'm not saying women should lead from the back. There are plenty of well, examples that's what of Esther women was doing. from the front. Isn't that what um, Esther was doing? 
leading from the back? Because Mordecai was the one directly involved in speaking to the greater Jewish nation. Only because she asked him to. She said to him, go and lead and pray. Did she have any alternatives? She was confined to a harem. Indeed. She wasn't allowed out. Precisely the point. Um, as you counter your own argument. Nevertheless, as an anonymous woman, yes. behind a veil, in a harem, okay. she did what she did. Okay. Mulana Abbas, is religion, especially the Muslim faith, are you guys against women leading as far as your scriptures are concerned? Well, I think now you've been uh, on point. Uh, our Islamic view with regards to women leading must and will always be subject to her being subservient to a male as commanded clearly in the Quran. Okay. Quran 4 verse 34 speaks very clearly. Read it to us please. Ar-rijalu qawwamuna 'ala an-nisaa' bima faddala Allah ba'dahum 'ala ba'd wa bima anfaqu min amwalihim. In English please. <laughs> <laughs> that men, in fact uh, the translation I have here it says that men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given one over the other and what they may spend in maintenance on them. So Quran has made it very clear that men are the head over women. I, I can understand you alleging that Quran says men are in charge of women. Is it possible perhaps the argument can be advanced in a matrimonial situation? Because we have situations where women are only the only ones around. Then who shall lead? When men have gone to war, who's going to lead these women? Are we going to leave a coward man behind? No, uh, let us be, 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 be realistic okay. uh, and, and go back to normalities of life. Yes. Where a woman, either she's a wife to a man, yes. daughter to a man, yes. or mother to men. Okay. And in all of these situations, she has a man to watch over her yes. and to assist her within the correct parameters of family to champion her leadership within her space. Yes. So men can all go to war. But I'm not sure you're answering my question, Mulana Mkiza. When you're saying a woman is either a wife to a man or a, a daughter to a man, a mother, the same applies could be a man. A man can be a husband to a woman, can be a son to a woman, can be a brother. All those, that no, argument uh, doesn't, no, doesn't no, really uh, counter uh, what... I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. that at any given time she has a male representative even if it means it is her son who has inherited from her f- from her husband their father to oversee matters of the family yeah on behalf of the man who's absent answering your question in the event there is no man and men are gone to war in any warfare not all men go to war you have a structure in the olden days when we were governed and ruled by our kings you would find that women whose who've lost all men yes. accountable for them, they will be decided upon or assisted under the kingship of that respective village or nation. At any given time, they will have male support given to them, even in roles of leadership that they occupy. She's quoting an example of a judge. I'm not quite sure if you do have an example of Deborah in the Quran. A woman who rose as a judge and the scriptures are clear that she was a judge. She was not subservient to a superior court judge. She was a judge by herself and judges by then were leaders. They were not just judicial officers as we have them today. They were leaders. Doesn't she have a point? Yes, there were leaders within a structure who governed that structure. But during Deborah's time, Deborah was a judge. During all the era of the judges, there were no kings. There was no one above the judge. She was the one leading 
at the time, leading both men and women. There is never a time uh, where judges were the final heads of states. Judges are servants of a system within every state, serving the people within that space. So Deborah must also be understood in that in that situation. That but, but you're using you're applying the use of state today as though it was the same then. Then judges were the ultimate. They were the apex of leadership at the time. Yes, they were leading in a system of men and women coming together, charting the path. But the judge was the apex in leadership. And Deborah was that. No, I disagree. Stand by. But I'll give you an opportunity to respond and disagree. Scripture really, really against women leading. We've got an example of Deborah as far as the Bible is concerned. And well, I'm not quite sure if we have other examples. But there is an example of Deborah nonetheless. Facts of Faith. On SAFM. All right, I'm going to read some of your text messages and give Bonora Abbas some keys an opportunity to breathe on this matter. We're still trying to get a clear line, and the bishop is going to come through. Don't worry, I am not ignoring the bishop. As some of you might say, why are you not giving the bishop an opportunity to speak? He's still trying to get himself sorted out and uh, line so that we can be able to hear him coming through loud and clear. I'm going to read some text messages. One reads, only one culture in the Almighty always has been. The lukewarmers start picking at stitches to avoid and deny the shape of the garment. A woman in men's clothes. Not quite sure I follow what that means. Perhaps, Joanne, you may understand, or Molana. Another text message reads, Eve was created because, one, Adam was alone, and two, as help for Adam, not as slave, servant, or master, but as help. That's BM, okay? Another one says, who wrote the scriptures? Are they the complete instructions God says about women? Was there nothing omitted during compilation to serve men? That's Jack in Alberton. I like how you think, Jack. Those are our text messages. You feel free to send some of yours or call us 0891 you are still sharing with us your view on the issue of, of Deborah. Well, uh, perhaps let me engage the issues of of modesty. The democratic so-called dispensation has subjected us and in, introduced us to many cultures that has resulted in us defining ourselves outside ourselves. Okay. And uh, sometimes to understand the statements of faith yes. with regards to the role of women, not in an oppressive form or way, yeah. but to put each and everybody in the place which God has put them. Yeah. And uh, by men being in charge of women does not necessarily mean that women are objects of men or women are slaves to men and so forth. It's good to hear that, Mulana, but the question is, why can't they not be just part of the package, but be the first in line, be leaders? Why can't we have a woman that is going to give an instruction to a group of men? Why can't she lead an army? Why can't she lead a nation? Why is scripture against women giving instructions to an army, giving instructions to a nation, leading a nation on behalf of God? Well, if I have to be frank, it's against nature. <laughs> okay, I'm not quite sure what um, you mean by nature. Because yes, we have... it's against nature. I, I agree with, uh, with a comment of a writer who says that God... In fact, Quran also makes allusions to that. Yes. When he, when God made his intentions clear yes. of creating men, he created men yes. first. And he created Adam. And uh, Adam in the Quran is referred to as Khalifa. And that is the vicegerent on earth. That I am creating my vicegerent on earth, which we translate men to be God's vicegerent. Anything that happens on earth, men are to be first in line of defense. 
And in any warfare, women and children are not subjects of war. That sounds like patriarchy, though. Can we fairly say that Quran is patriarchal? No, it's not. It's simply distributing responsibilities that according, to the stre- according to strength that God has put in us. Women play a very pivotal role in assisting men achieve the objectives God has sent us for here on earth. All right, let's bring in the bishop. I am told now he is ready for us. Bishop, you've heard the question. Is scripture really against women leading? Maybe firstly we need to qualify the concept of leadership. Do, do we want to make it a feminine verb or noun or do we want to make it masculine or we want to keep it as a neuter? And maybe with all due respect to my Muslim brother and my Christian uh, democratic leader who is there. All these forms of what I might want to call superimposed Eurocentric doctrines or Asianic teachings that come and they superimpose themselves on the black culture. They almost that amount to what I call cultural imperialism and cultural colonization. Our definition of self as blacks cannot be defined either by Quran or a Jewish selected text. Because even the text that we have as a Bible, by its own right, has been selected in the Council of Nicene by some selective Eurocentric Romanism who came to write what we now call a sacred Bible. So firstly, maybe in terms of us using those sources as tantamount authority over the rest of us, I would rather look at that as slightly abusive. It borders on colonialism. I told However, you when it comes to Africans, though we don't have a written script, Let's yes. say if we object ourselves from the Hebrew text, we in Africa have had women kings. Enough, we have had queen running nations. We have had even Shaka is the most recent one. On Umamunandi and, and etc. The right hand person. So leadership, we can lead from the front where you are the face. You can lead from behind where you are advising. You can lead from the side for objectivity. You can lead from the bottom. Historical references you can lead from the top. Vision and mission. You can also lead from inside. Personal leadership before external leadership. Allow me to interject right there, Bishop. I want to bring you to this understanding that Joanne also wanted us to clarify. When we speak of leadership in South Africa today, I totally understand that we have these various examples that you have cited and the fact that now we're referring to scriptures, whether it is the Quran, whether it is the Bible, a Jewish document. Fortunately or unfortunately, we have those as scriptural authorities. And as such, if we're going to speak of the Christian community, the Christian community has restricted itself to this Nicene document. And the Muslims themselves have restricted themselves to the Quran. So depending on whether you're coming from the Muslim or the Christian faith, these are the authorities that we have so far. And that's why we're asking, as far as your authority as a Christian or your authority as a Muslim, does your authority, the document that you've restricted yourself to, does it say women cannot lead? The writings, I've read a bit of the Quran and the teachings of uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him. I have read extensively the Bible, God bless the ministers and etc., and extra biblical material. <laughs> when it comes to, to leadership, in, in the perspective at which we are looking at, I think in the, to be more accurate in our debate for today, a woman is firstly responsible, a woman is never single. Let me start there. A woman is never single. When she is free, she is a mother, she is a mother and a father's child. And then her father hands her over to another person who manages and takes care and etc. However, in the doc- document that I would suggest some of us must read also, the doctrine of the lynch guys who are the masterminds of slavery. And the particular note there, they insert, I think on paragraph number four or five, where they say, let us build strong women who will manage their men. 
so that part of the colonial strategy and Christian strategy of developing feminine-based churches categorically go to destroy the fiber of uh, cultural and uh, strong masculine-building people. And leadership, therefore, I think, let me state my position, a woman who is the best leader is the one who is able, one, to support her husband, to bring up her children, and in the event she has no husband, she's able to make an impact in the community, but still being aware of the environment that she is in. But for me to find an example totally where a woman is accountable to herself and is accountable to the community, it would rather be a difficult position to do. But in Africa, all our women have been considered as queens and king, queen pieces that drive even the ruling of monarchs and etc. So it's only Eurocentric religion, Islam and Christianity that is bringing women to a different position altogether that we're totally unaware of. And it is foreign even to the African person. I will speak today for possibly sitting in an African chair. But the women that we are being introduced to now are neither biblical, neither Quranic, neither African. They are totally foreign women from Beijing who think that by having a few monies in their hands, they are able to run the whole world and etc. And it's vandalizing the community and producing sissy boys who are not good for this world. All right. When we come back, we'll give an opportunity to breathe on the issue of Deborah as an example cited. Joanne Down cited the example of Deborah. She cited the example of Esther as examples of women who led. Facts of Faith on SAFM. All right, we're talking to Joanne Downs, Mwana Basam Kize, and also Bishop Maponga. Now Bishop Maponga is having a stab at it. Deborah, Esther, examples cited by Joanne as leaders. Bishop? Yeah, those, those examples can only be understood in the light of a vacuum of men, but they don't come as independent, collectible items in the hands of grace. By that I mean that in the event that men step back, then backup plan is, is found. However, let me throw in a comment, brother. That says, why is it that when women are talking leadership, it has always had to do with ruling men? Why can't leadership be building houses, building, climbing to the moon, ruling mountains, and doing things that change the world? Why must leadership be personalized that when a woman is in power, she's controlling men. Not quite sure. Who says we need a woman to be running and managing men's affairs? I'm not sure if that statement is fair, Bishop, because when you speak of leadership, it's a man leading both men and women. If that's your definition of leadership, why can't a woman do the very same thing that a man is doing to lead both men and women, just like the man is doing? It must be inclusive. My my comment is that it must be inclusive. While men are leading, they're not only just leading their homes, they're leading the country, they're leading this. A lot of facets that look into this perspective of leadership. I'm deliberately so jabbing there so that we don't build a, a women's rights sort of leadership, which is so myopic that to think that you are a leader means that you must be oppressing men. Then you are a leader. I'm saying if you if you are going to be a woman leader, let the leader be inclusive to, to all facets of function rather than to a specific uh, gender where it has to do with suppression, equality of men, women versus men. Equality does not mean feminist. Even in the midst of us and women being the same or being the, the, in equal, our functions still remain miles apart. And it, it has nothing to do with women proving to men that they can lead. It's women being women and men being men. And all of us surviving and living within the space of our own design. Then that's what life is all about. All right, I want to take a call for you both. These calls, I'll take them and then I'll come back and listen to Joanne responding to what the Bishop is saying. Admire is in Durban. Good morning, Admire. Good morning, man. How are you doing? Well, thank you. Go ahead, Admire. I don't have much time. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, good man. You see, look, uh, I think um, uh, there is uh, a big misconception of when, when it comes to, you know, um, I hate that my, you know, the, um, uh, the, the, there's only guy, you know, quoting from the, from the Quran that, you know, um, uh, the, the, the dominion of men over women. But there's nothing even in the Bible that says that, you know, the man was created you know, to be, you know, over creatures. Nothing whatsoever. Say that again. Say that again, Admire. Uh, my, 
it says in the scripture, you know, let's re- let's create human beings in our image, male and female, yeah. and they'll have dominion over everything. Okay. So when you talk of men being in charge of women, already that is automatically disqualified by the highest authority, which is God, right? And then going to Deborah, I hold think on before you go to Deborah. I'm not quite sure if you're referring to which scriptures. Which scriptures are you referring to? The Quran okay, or the Bible? Uh, no, um, uh, I'm I'm reading from from Genesis. Um, uh, the Bible. Uh, okay. Yeah, the Bible, right? Okay. So just disqualify what the guy read from the Quran that you no know, men are in charge of of women, which actually is not because they still believe in God, right? When God created male and female, said no, they will have dominion over everything right but never over each other um i'm not quite sure if you are reading your bible or you're just glossing over it because there is a a direct instruction there let me let me let me just read here um uh, chapter 1 verse 26 it says then god said let us make men in our image according to our likeliness let them have dominion over the fish over the sea over the birds of the air and over cattle over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on earth God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So that's why I'm saying that you know, the thing of that man has got charge over women, automatically it is disqualified. So can I move on to Deborah now? No, no, no. Let's, let's chew on that. On the very same okay. book of Genesis, when you read the book yes. of Genesis chapter 4, chapter 4, where it discusses the punishments that God distributes to the snake, to the man, and to the woman. And yes. to the woman, he says, yes. your husband will rule over you. A clear injunction okay. for a woman to be submissive to a man. I'm not quite okay. sure which Bible right. you're reading, Admire. Right. No, no, no. Um, I was going to get to that. That's why I was saying that you know, there is a misconception of when it comes to men ruling over women. Okay. Because when we read the Bible from Genesis 2 Revelation, you can see actually you know, the story of the Bible is actually a marriage between God and his people. And these rules here are pertaining to a marriage. When a man and a woman are married, there is that, 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 that submission, right? But it also says on that same thing of women submitting to, to, uh, to, to men in, uh, in the New Testament, um, uh, just paraphrasing, it also says that you know, men also shall love their women, just as Christ loves, you know, I love them at uh, the church, putting his, his life on the cross. Okay. Four. So, so it's also not just that you no know, women are submissive because we like to get those scriptures read, but we don't uh, uh, read the, the B part of that. That you no, know, as as well as we, we should love. So we actually, which means that you no, know, we should actually be giving our lives for the women. Okay. You wanted to go to Deborah also. Go ahead, okay. admire. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. To Deborah, I think. I think I, I think there should be an explanation before people end up commenting um, uh, with I think a misunderstanding of, uh, of a misunderstanding. Go ahead, of make your point there, the, uh, admire. The period of judges meant the period of judges was that you no know, every time the children of Israel went away from God, right when they were under affliction, that God will raise someone. And the guys are saying that no, it was um, 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 in a vacuum whatever. That's utter nonsense because in this period, women or whoever was judging would be actually having authority over the people and they will be ruling them against wars, against mighty war. So so what whatever people are saying about judges, they are just misunderstanding. I would love to have debates or these arguments here with people who are reading and understanding things, not saying that you no know, like like I think I'm at the last bishop spoke about I know this being um, a US Thing. That's utter rubbish, that. Because what we are doing here, we are actually running away from the fact that, no, we are talking about marriages and leadership. Those are two 
different entities. All right. Admire, you can be a leader outside. Admire, before you go, I don't think it would be polite if I were to tell you what you're saying is rubbish. My, it may not make sense there. to you. I really will apologize. For you to say it's nonsensical, it sounds slightly disrespectful. Let's try and respect one another. We can disagree vehemently. You're welcome to disagree vehemently, but let's try yeah, and respect no, no, one you another. Are, you, are, you, you are right there. I apologize to my, to my guests and the listeners. There. All right. Thank you very much, Admire. Yeah. We'll have the bishop whom you've cited to respond to that. But first, I want to go to Sebastian in Cape Town. Good, good morning, Sebastian. Yes, good morning to you. I just wanted to give an example which comes from little-known African history of people of different religions accepting female leadership in a particular context. Sebastian, may I stop you right there? We need scriptural references, not history outside scripture, hence facts of our faith. Well, um, it's acceptance by, by Christians and Jews and animists of a female leader uh, in a particular context. So is, is, that, is that predicated in scripture, Sebastian? Uh, well, I'd, I think they must have felt that there was scripture. This was in the late 600s. If we're not going to be able to refer the listener to the scripture, we'll be doing a disservice to this show. Our show is facts of faith, not facts of our culture. Okay, I just thought of, it was acceptance by different religions, combining of one female leader. Uh, if that is the case, it must be predicated in scripture. Our show well, is facts of faith. Okay, then I, I, I won't go forward, but I'll just refer you to the fourth commandment okay. of, of the Sabbath which basically gives a setting where women, uh, the fourth command, the observance of the Sabbath and its blessings are given equally to both sexes in all ages. But in agreement with me that Exodus chapter 20, as you're citing right now, does not speak about leadership. It speaks about observance of God's law as given in the Decalogue. I think the Decalogue is basically uh, what one would could call a constitution yes. uh, for religious observance. Which doesn't so, speak about gender roles. And I think in that it gives equality to gender roles. Okay, all right. So you believe that is equality of gender roles. Okay, I like it. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Appreciate your perspective there. Go to Sydney in Bushbuck Ridge. Good morning, Sydney. Good morning, May. Yeah, I'm listening to the topic, but uh, the pastor on the line just said something very important, that why should it be a matter that women lead men? Women just lead like any other, any other person, and leadership does not mean male or female. As much as God, God knows what is happening in our present time. So many households are being led by women. It shows women have a potential to lead. Yeah. So let's not judge them. Those people are capable. And out of the leadership of women, there's less corruption. Okay. A woman who is corrupted, make your research. You'll find that she's fronting for other men behind. But go, go to Brazil. Dilma Rousseff has been deposed because of alleged corruption <laughs> under yeah, her but leadership. I'm saying that women are just perfect to lead. Anything else. And in leadership, you don't need he or she. You just need a person who's capable of doing a leadership. That's all. All right. Thank you very much, Sydney. Appreciate your call. Let's go back to Joanne. Joanne, you heard the views of Bishop Maponga directly opposing what you're saying. How do you respond? Well, I think Bishop Maponga is talking about maybe um, African traditional religion combined with some scriptures. But in my Bible, going back to Genesis, the pastor that turned in after... Um, just previously to the last caller, raised the issue about creation. And in the beginning, God created Eve out of the rib of Adam, and he gave them both dominion. It wasn't just to Adam and to dominate Eve. Because of sin, because of the fall from grace, yeah. then Adam as a husband dominated Eve. No, 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 are, that's not scriptural. Adam as a husband did not dominate Eve. Adam was given that right when God said to Eve, your husband will 
That was God's word. It didn't come from okay. Adam. But in that sense, he dominated and ruled over Eve. Because of, the, because of sin, there were falls for men as well. But Jesus came to redeem us from sin. Okay. Okay? And once we accept Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the curse of sin. Ah. So I'm, I'm giving a theological argument as to why then women become completely equal with men, including their husbands. Further on in the Bible, again, um, what our previous caller raised, it says, um, wives submit to your husband. But there's a whole onus on men as well, which is also left out. And he quite rightly says that the onus on men is to literally give their lives for their wives. But that doesn't speak, speak to leadership, and, Joanne. And they lead together. Now, coming back to Deborah, Deborah was not just a judge. Deborah actually sent Barak to war. She yes. instructed him to go to war. That's right. So she actually instructed. And just by the way, Deborah was married. And nowhere does it say that her husband instructed her in the matters of state. Okay. She was the leader. Okay. In the matters of state, she sent um, the armies to war. Yes. And when he didn't want to go without her, she went with him and said, the honor that comes in winning this battle will go to a woman and not to you. Yes, indeed. I'll have uh, Mulana respond to that issue of women being uh, uh, leaders because they're helped by the men. Thank you very much there, Joanne. But Joanne, the bishop was saying that you're citing all these examples in the absence of men. There was a vacuum in there for women had no other choice, not because it was God's will. How do you respond to that? That's nonsense. There were other judges that were mean. God chose Deborah. Um, and I'm using Deborah as an example because it's, it's, it's too big to expound on a whole lot of other leaders now. But I'm using Deborah as an example. God chose Deborah. There were no absence of men. Okay. Barak was there. He was the leader of the army. But God chose Deborah okay. to lead Israel. All right. Bishop? Yes, sir. Verse, verse 8 of the book of uh, Judges, chapter 4. Yes. Where Barak says... If you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Yes. So De even Deborah gave instruction to Barak to go to war. God, in God, she could not work without the, the help of a man. I want to just put that into perspective. But in the vacuum of men hiding and running away, then God has a backup plan for the women to come inside. Yes. And on, on, a, more, on a more serious note, on a more serious note, yes. maybe let's not argue much on, on, the, on, on the uprising of women to come into positions of leadership. Let us look at an environment where women are now in power. Yes. They are running homes, they are running governments, they are running society and running communities. Tell me the quality of men that they are going to be producing in that community. Maybe maybe we need to look at this, maybe stretch it right far, put more policies that allow more women to go to school than boys. You know, make it more favorable, girl-child, girl-child story, and let's blow this in the next 15, 20 years. We have women who are running stuff, women who can now marry themselves, women who can now what? What type of society, what type of male children are we going to breed? If I had money, I would do a research right now to find out what sort of men are being brought up in single-headed homes where women are in charge. Okay. So that we are not just dealing with, uh, with, uh, with fear of women in leadership. We're dealing with the, 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 de, the deconstruction of the psyche of creation itself, that God put things in order. Go to the animal world, go to the fish world, okay. go to the trees, go to everywhere else. There is order. Only in the human species are we arguing for equality. Who needs it?
Okay, hold on. I want to give Mulana Mkiz an opportunity to respond there because Joanne pointedly mentioned the issue of women who are Deborah, who was the wife of Lapidoth there, and still she was leading. Not because Lapidoth gave her the right to, but because God gave her the right to. Mulana? Yes, uh, first let's say that there's difference between circumstantial leadership. Thank you, thank you. Versus God's decree structure of leadership of society. It's so, leadership nonetheless, isn't it? I'll give you an example. But with is, reference, is, isn't it leadership? Yes, it on? is leadership. Okay. Take for an example the Queen of Sheba. Yes. She led. Yes. And she was a complete soul. Without a husband. Without a husband. Yes. Without anybody. I wonder if you're supporting however, you or going against your own no, no. argument. However, the point I'm making is when Solomon heard yes. that there's such a woman. Yes. Governing over men and a nation. Yes. His reaction to that was to immediately ask, uh, uh, command her to submit to him. But he fell in love. He didn't command yes, well, her to he fell in love. He married her. Yes. But uh, from our scripture point of view, yes. the, 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 the story goes on to say that his, so Solomon sent a messenger back with certain instructions to her, okay. which were subjected, which she subjected to her court, yes. to a point where men of her council were even getting up for war yes. against Solomon, yes. to a point where she decided that submitting to Solomon is a better option than us going to war. Well, President Mbeki decided I'm not going to have a civil war in my country. I will step down and some other one person will step up. That submitting to somebody else is not a function of a woman. It's a function of good leadership. So it sounds as though you're suggesting that women can be very good leaders in the case of the Queen of Sheba. And perhaps agreeing with you, yes. I may also say that she saw it fit that there is a more capable king who is Solomon, that I can submit myself now that it has come to my knowledge of such an existence of such a king. All right. So I differentiate between a circumstantial leadership of women to what God has prescribed as a natural structure that men should head women. Which, which prescription are you referring to? The original or the one after sin? Because after sin, God gave a different injunction. But initially, well, there I was disagree no with that. Uh, in fact, I agree. I disagree with a lady who spoke of uh, of sin and Jesus coming to, um, okay. to undo all of that. Well, you don't believe in Jesus as being a savior, so you'll speak to, speak to us about him being a prophet, <laughs> which is a totally different argument for her. Thank you. I, I want to read some text messages and then give our guests opportunities to shut this conversation down. One text message reads, Contentious women are evil in God's sight and always will be. A Christian Democrat is a lost turd. Woman to lead children. You lost friends. Another text message reads, If God exists, he or she has been long compromised and trivialized by the Jews to be their God, and Arabs have portrayed God in their culture. Christians are the most hypocritical and manipulative to fit European colonial agenda. Mageba in Pretoria. Thank you very much, Mageba, for signing your text message. Another one reads, A woman in man's clothes is an abomination in the sight of God. It's written, Go lead children properly. God got a donkey to talk to on certain occasions. So, that's CC. All right, another word says, uh, In rural Pakistan, where Sharia is raging rife 
and fiercest. Women are not allowed to drive or work, can't lead their own lives. Religion is cruel. That's Jack in Alberton. Another one says, religion is not the word of God. The sooner we realize that, the better the whole world will be. That's Mukhadi in Rustenburg. Thank you very much, Mukhadi. Another one says, the nature of their bodies. Women are not available for critical logical decision-making at all times, e.g. monthly emotional hormone seesaws and pregnancies. That's BM. Not sure that's a fair statement there, BM. Another one says, I would phone, but I get furious when people won't see what's obvious. There is no debate for men and women and children who know the real almighty. Even dogs know. Another one says, by virtue of being responsible for childbirth, they are naturally assigned to raise and nurture children whilst men are providing and defending, assuming leadership roles. That's Pops from Kronstadt. The final one is, he is reading before women. Reading before women was taken out of man for man to name, not for God. She was an afterthought for man to have, not for God. God needs no woman. Okay, I'm not quite sure if I follow that argument. All right, um, I'm going to give you uh, uh, one second, one minute each. Uh, Joanne, please go. Your closing remarks. Okay, it just makes me sad when I hear the comments that are there. The, the actual almost hatred for women still in this country. One of the major issues that I've dealt with in my leadership has been the rape of women and the abuse of children. Um, and I believe that it comes from that, that very deep, um, hatred that women can't do anything and are not capable of anything and are possessions and vessels. And it makes me sad that we haven't come further as a country. All right, a bishop? Women can do more. The sooner they find their position and get happy about it and settle in it without poking us men where we are, the happier the whole world will be. I'll never wish to be a woman. Let women also not wish to be men. All right, thank you very much, Malana. Yes, I think uh, let's look around and see where society is headed, being led by women. And I think if women are leading us in their rightful position that God has given them under men, we are set for a prosperous society. All right, that's how we conclude our program for today. Thank you very much, Mulanam Kiza, a Muslim theologian. Thank you very much also to Joanne Downs, who is the national chairperson of the ACDP. And also thank you very much to Bishop Maponga, who is a cultural activist, a bishop, and also a fighter of spiritual colonialism. And to you, uh, our programs are available on podcasts. Feel free to go there and download them. Thank you very much. We meet again next week doing the very same thing. It's called Facts of Faith. Thank you very much for me, Nayalupo. And the team have a wonderful day and Godspeed.